all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and today we are talking about holidays and children. The holidays are here and we're having all those gatherings. Our schedules are all off. Things are very different and there's lots of excitement in the air. Children are obviously a huge part of the fun and celebration. That's right. So, but what do you do when these children are off their schedules? You know, some are on their best behavior waiting for Santa Claus, but some not so much. And sometimes um, those not so much behave, well-behaving children, they're in your home or they're at a function in which you are, and they're misbehaving. The child's not yours. It might be somebody connected to you, though. It might be your niece or nephew, it might be your grandchild, or it might be a close friend's child. So what do you do? You know, you've heard me say it takes a village to raise a child, but is this the time for that village to be present, or should we leave the parents alone? And I could tell you I have experience from this as a parent, a grandparent, an aunt, um, a sister. I'm, I'm there all over it. And as you would imagine, I always have great advice, I think, um, whether they want it or not. So today we want to talk about those parenting issues and when when you should help out, when you shouldn't, when you as a parent maybe aren't doing what you should. We'll talk a little bit about um, the mistakes we sometimes make when we think we're doing the right thing. And then we're going to talk about ways to succeed in parenting. And so I always love to hear our listeners call in with their experiences of the good, the bad, and the ugly, or you can call in just with your questions about maybe what you should do differently next time or this time as it is up and coming. And today, I have Dr. Dustin Sarver, one of my favorite child psychologists, back with us today. Um, he is a, a professor Assistant Professor of Pediatrics at the Center for the Advancement of Youth there in our office and sees tons of patients and gives lots of wonderful advice. So today is your chance to call in and ask him your questions that you might have or give us some suggestions of what you think might work. So you can give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-672. 7464, or you can send an email to family at mpb.org. 
www.ministriesonline.org. Um, welcome, Dr. Sarver. It's great to have you. Well, it's great to be back here. I've been here uh, several times this year, and I'm right. uh, really excited to uh, come back, and uh, especially this topic. This is a great, great one for this time of year. Yeah, we always have fun um, with this. And, you know, sometimes it, it really is so much fun, but sometimes a lot of tears and upset can happen when you have kids who are off their schedule, right? They're out of school. Out of school, not sleeping as much. You know, I know most parents out there try to have a fairly um, rigid bedtime routine during school. But I see, um, even with my um, grandchildren and nieces and nephews, that we all kind of, that schedule falls apart a bit, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And then the nutritional aspect changes, too. There's a lot um, uh, more variation there, um, more sweets, more um, more cookies and candy, and, and maybe um, the mealtimes are all out of kilter, mm-hmm. and nap times sometimes completely go away. And then you throw in travel, and... Long car rides and Long car rides yeah. mm-hmm. and he's on my side and I, she touched mm-hmm. me and right and so you know um, one thing that we were we've talked about before in this show and I think it would be good to bring up right now is that we typically parent the way we were parented. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us maybe grew up in great homes who had wonderful parents who did all the right parenting stuff, but many of us did not. Um, some of us had parents who were really excellent, um, but some of us ended up having parents who, even though they were well-intended, sometimes made some mistakes. But unless we somehow learn differently, we continue to do that, which mm-hmm. is interesting. How many times, um, and I'm, I guess this is kind of a rhetorical question, but so many times many of us say, well, we're never doing that. Right. I'm not going to do that to my child. Right. So we kind of... Uh the, the pendulum swings the other direction that, oh, they were really strict during this time, so I'm going to be very lenient or I'm going to provide this that I didn't get. Uh, some of those th- those thoughts that we, we have about wanting to provide or do things that we didn't have or were done with us. Right, mm. right. So it's, it's one of those things where we think that we will be different, but what happens when we get in the throes of parenting, unfortunately, kids don't come with a manual. Now, mm-hmm. there are lots of great books out there. There are. But nobody's required to read a single book or take a single course before they become parents, right? Well, no, but you know what? Now that I think about it, there's not a Christmas book on parenting. And no. maybe maybe <laughs> oh, that, that is actually something that would be, it would be a great stocking stuffer. And so maybe that's something that we can engage in for this next year. Is for uh-huh. Oh, parent. I like that idea. Uh, how to make survive Christmas Christmas survival guide for parents for parents. Okay. That's an idea. Listeners, if you know of one of those, let us know and we won't endeavor in that, but it sounds like a really good idea. Um, we have a question I'm told in the chat box, um, that we were asked to take. Um, so we have a 14 year old who talks back. 
Um, how do you correct that behavior, and when do you correct that behavior? So we're we're jumping in. I guess you know we were talking about the the younger child, mm-hmm. but but actually the same thing occurs with the older child. Mm-hmm. They the same thing happens to them. Right. Um, Just bigger words. Bigger, bigger words. Sometimes bigger attitude. Big. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? Why don't you give us a little bit of advice? So you have a fourteen year old. Um, now, let me give you a scenario, sure. because I, I think, you know, 14-year-olds talk back. They do. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about that in general in a minute. But let's talk about that more specifically. So so we're in, in the home of that 14-year-old. Um, the parents are there. So there's a grandparent standing there. And the parent says something to the child, and the child snaps back in a sassy tone about, yeah, right, or in your dreams, or something like that to the parent. Mm -hmm. So then what should happen? Should the grandparent say, don't talk to your mother like that, or... What what would you suggest? Oh, that's a juicy question. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of different uh, ways to probably handle that. Um, I think it's going to, you know, if, if it's something sassy and a snap back, um, you know, I, there's a couple things that I would reflect on and maybe encourage a grandparent in that situation to reflect on. One is what's going on in that immediate situation? Mm-hmm. Are we about to head out the door to a you know, recital? Are we just staying in the home right now? Or is this uh, Christmas dinner is about to start? Uh, and there was reason, the reason why I raised that is because uh, there may be times where it may be just the better thing is just to let it go. Um, and maybe address it later on, um, pulling that, that teenager aside and saying, hey, I noticed you snap at your parent. Maybe that wouldn't be the best of things. Or uh, maybe the grandparent to not talk to the parent at that moment and say, oh, you should have done this or you should have done that. Uh, there may be more appropriate times in that immediate moment. But that, that but sometimes there it, there is nothing going on. So what do you do in those situations? Right. Um, I... You might could, um, you know, I would think that in some cases you may want to uh, probably have ground rules before even getting into that situation. Yeah. Those are that's a that's a pretty much a minefield. Yeah, right. It, it really is. So if you if you have a grandparent um, in the home, whether they're living in the home or visiting in the home, I think it's important. And I, and I struggle with this sometimes. Um, but it's important, even when you know uh, or you feel strongly that a correction should happen, perhaps as that visitor, as that grandparent, as that non-parent, it's a good idea to try to keep that mouth closed and do some observation. And I, I like your suggestion right there is maybe later, um, either talk to the 14-year-old, you know, um, is something going on? Are you anxious? Because that's not typically the way you talk to your mother, mm-hmm. and um, and and I'm sure that's not the way you meant to come across. Mm-hmm. Or to go to the parent and say, um, you know, you engaged in a back and forth argument. Um, with your daughter, and you need to not do that. You need to stay above the fray and either ignore or say you may not speak to your mother like that and then stop there. Mm -hmm. Um, I I was going to say, well, I just to know that this this time of year is, uh, again, I kind of use the the metaphor of a landmine here or a minefield because, you know, there are so many times where this is a 
classic situation which could you know create some family uh, conflict you know in a time especially in a season where you know it's about peace and joy and, and relaxation and and these are you know those are the types of little things that can really make big family uh, to do's. Um, and, and I think it's important for grandparents or aunts and uncles like myself to really take a moment to reflect and say, well, okay, if I am going to say something, I need to choose my words very carefully right now. Maybe right. The, choose the right timing to say something. Because the last thing you want to do is have, you know, Christmas, Christmas, um, you know, 10 years from now be something that what you just said gets kind of uh, pulled back in. Yeah. So we're going to take our first break. But when we get back, what I really want to do is talk about a scenario that um, that I just spoke with a friend about. And um, I want us to talk through that, how how one should manage that. And it's talk. It's about visiting um, parents and in-laws. We're talking about parenting during the holidays, some of those minefields, some of those difficulties and how how to make it a happy time and make it easier. Call in with your questions about parenting, grandparenting, aunting and uncling, or whatever you're doing during the holidays. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking, and we'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I am here with Dr. Dustin Sarver, and we're talking about holidays and children and how in the world to make it a happy time when everybody's off schedule? Sometimes the behavior is not so great. And um, sometimes there are individuals in your home who are uh, welcome visitors. Um, maybe not always completely welcome, but mostly welcome visitors who are there and sometimes have their advice to give. Um, if you're that visitor, should you give it? Um, if you are the parent in the home with that advice coming in, how should you take it and what should you do about it? Um, sometimes those are issues that can come up that can make the holidays a little bit difficult and anxiety provoking. And um, I, I promised right before the break that we would talk a little bit about a situation that um, that came up with um, one of my friends, and 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 this is it. So the what happened is um, parents come in um, and stay for several days, stay stay for a week during the holidays, and um, the babies are about. We have young children, and so so then what happens often is that. Um, as a child misbehaves or maybe doesn't even misbehave, is just doing something, then the grandparent steps in and um, makes a correction. Mm -hmm. Or um, 
In addition to that, the grandparent views parent disciplining child and then corrects parent in front of child. Ooh, yeah. yeah. So that scenario, the, the making a correction, maybe when the parent believes it should not have happened, is one mm-hmm. issue. And that one issue, and um, I'll just comment on that, I think that's a good time for a parent to sit back, observe, and not say anything. Mm-hmm. Unless it's something extreme, like um, that grandparent is spanking when um, you do not spank in your home. Uh, that kind of ground rule needs to to be drawn. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it is um, now a parent uh, disciplining their child and grandparent steps in, how would you handle that? What can that parent do at that very moment? Uh, just to clarify about the grandparents correcting the child and your... so. The grandparent is correcting the parent on their mode of discipline. Oh, okay. Um, I think, ooh, I think for one, I would say for as a parent is that, um, you know, you don't want to have, what you don't want to have happen is that create some sort of a uh, tear in a relationship, you know? And so knowing that, you know, if they're doing that, you know, that most parents, grandparents, when they do that, they're doing it as a way to help love, support, exactly. you know, be yeah. able to join with you. And now whether they made a mistake and corrected something that you allow is a different issue. But in knowing that in most cases, the intent is to um, help or be uh, helpful is, is probably a good start. Yeah. So to try to digest that, the other thing that I would do, I think it would be okay, Mm -hmm. and would you agree with this, is to look up and say, I've got this, Dad, thanks, and just leave it at that, just a short, so that two people aren't disciplining. One thing I think that we do sometimes is that pile on disciplining. Mm -hmm. So mother disciplines, then, then dad, then grandfather, then grandmother, and everybody. Everybody's yelling at the kid, and and you want to be careful about that too. That's yeah. hard on children mm-hmm. during the holidays. It is, you know, to me that that tells if that if you're a listener and that is a common experience in your household, what that tells me is really that the ground rules amongst all the adults are really not laid out. Not laid and out. And yeah. I think you know, as a psychologist and certainly as a medical doctor, we know an ounce of prevention goes a long, long way. Yeah. And I would kind of take that perspective to say. Let's just on the outset have a ground a ground rule of who of what's going to happen, especially if maybe you know your kid may be the one who is prone the, to act up <laughs> the misbehavior, the misbehavior, the guy yeah. who's getting into the presents and taking down the ornaments from the tree. Yeah, and you all out there know which which child that is. <laughs> so we're going to uh, go to our first caller, but before we do, let me give the number out again because we really want your thoughts on this. Give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Okay, we're going to go to Beth in Jackson. Beth, you have a comment about children talking back. Yes, thank you. I'm yeah. the parent of two teenage daughters who are, for the most part, uh, well-behaved and listen to, our, to our, uh, my husband and me. But I have one to say that I, I, don't, I tolerate some um, talking back um, as long as it's not profanity or vulgar or, you know, physical. Um, I think it's... This, this holiday is laden with stress for adults and for children, and um, I prefer to deal with talking back or 
by myself instead of my parents or my husband's parents. Um, my children, I think there's some respect going back and forth. And we talk about things often enough that when there is some talking back to me, we can sometimes fill it with, with humor and sometimes I'll let it slide. It doesn't happen very often. If it does happen a lot, then I would have to take steps to address it in a different way. But I think children, especially teenagers, need to feel free to voice, you know, not just displeasure or, or just kind of teenager dumb. Right. Um, so you, you don't want them to know that that's okay. Yeah, you don't want them to have a freebie pass to gripe all the time. But but no. I think you're you're bringing out two really important points. I think one is that you're uh, kind of promoting a uh, an air of independence, right? Some sort yeah. of an autonomy. They do have a choice. They have a perspective to to give in this holiday time, whether that's about gift buying or what it might be uh, mm-hmm. during this time. Um, but the other thing that I think you point out very clearly is that you're you're talking about choosing your battles. You're right. letting things slide when it may not be worth your energy or effort um, and, and not you're not necessarily avoiding it but you're just being wise in what you choose to address or not right, right. well yeah teenagers they're, they're just going crazy at all angles at this point learning about separation from parents and dealing with relationships and sometimes they need to spout and I think that's okay again as long as it's not profanity and vulgar and as some sort of physical reaction yeah. Great, great thoughts, Beth. The other thing to remember with teenagers is, um, yeah, you mentioned dealing with peers, dealing with the media mm-hmm. and Facebook and all that that they deal with that we never had to deal with. And then on top of that, keep in mind, teenagers have hormones raging right. and they're trying to figure out who they are. They're not kids. They're not adults. Um, so finding their place is important. Um, one thing that I would encourage all parents of teenagers out there to to think about best technique, um, take a breath instead of engaging in every bit of um, sassiness that could occur. I, I think a really good technique that that I use and my kids still make fun of it, but they said it worked is if they spoke loudly to me, my voice got softer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tended, and if um, many times, if there was something that they said that was really hurtful to me, which didn't happen often, but if it did, I would look at them in the eye and I, I'd say, that's really not very nice. That hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, to let them know, um, I think those kind of soft tickets sometimes are okay. Mm-hmm. And it makes one stop and think. So you want to be respectful to each other. And, and that argumentative back and forth behavior is disrespect mm-hmm. to, on both sides. Right. Right. Yeah. I, you know, this is just something that came to mind to me is that uh, this is a really the season and potential misbehavior or difficulties or conflict that might happen between parents and their grandparents or aunts and uncles and their nieces and nephews. And it, you know, there's something in the well, the social social psychology literature that I that it's a, a core human principle that um, it's about, and this is true for pretty much every human out there. Is that we call it the fundamental attribution bias. That's the scientificy name. Okay, um, what does that yeah, mean? Explain. What, what it basically means is that we uh, sometimes will attribute, you know, a a 
something, an event that happens or behavior, an action to somebody's personality, some of their mm-hmm. enduring characteristic, that that's who they are, as opposed to kind of stepping back and saying, maybe there was something about that situation mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. that actually was the reason for why they behaved. So snapping back, a snapping teenager, maybe it's not that they are this mean teenager and fueled with hormones in that moment. Maybe they just got bad news on Facebook and that they were, you know, disappointed right. on that a peer wasn't coming over. Right. It could be something like that. Mm-hmm. So so rather than um, calling the person mean to say, you know, we've often said um, on this show, particularly with teenagers and and older kids that, you know, sometimes that mad really means sad. Sometimes um, yelling really means anxious. It, it, you have to step back and think about what's really going on. Mm-hmm. So instead of that person being an angry child um, or an aggressive child, that child was aggressive because. So to think through what's really mm-hmm. happening is is so important. And it's, you know, just because you move into your teens does not mean you, you should have it all worked out. Right. Um, so. But all because this season is filled with the uh, inconsistencies and irregularities of our um, schedules and, and life and going from here and there. And uh, I think you know, keeping that in mind is, is probably more important this time this time of the year than it may be uh, in other times where our schedules are, are much more uh, consistent. Right. So listeners, we'd love to hear from you about what what type of maybe parenting tips have worked for you. Maybe not exactly during the holidays, maybe um, just all during the year, but particularly during these holidays. Are there some issues that you've encountered that you really have stumbled over and not sure what to do, or you figured out how to make the holidays work? Um, For your older children or your young children, particularly those little ones who sometimes are out of kilter, what do you do? Do you take them to parties or not? Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. We're talking about surviving the holidays with your family. We'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I'm here with Dr. Dustin Sarver, and today we're talking about Making it through the holidays with children, children who sometimes misbehave, good kids who sometimes are just out of their element, out of their schedule, and how do you manage that? Have you have you seen some tricks maybe that others have demonstrated that seem to work for them? Or have you witnessed or experienced some negative issues and you have some thoughts on how that could have come out better? better if something 
had changed. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. So during the break, we were talking about something. You know, I threw out the fact that we learned our parenting skills from our parents. And, you know, the, that's really, truly the main way that we learn. Many of us um, who did not weren't fortunate enough to have great parents. I had great parents. Were they perfect? Probably not. Um, you know, I, but they were pretty Close, but there are a lot of people who are were not for, fortunate enough to have parents who who um, always reinforce the behaviors you wanted and and the like. But the good news is, uh, if our parenting example wasn't the best, there are things that we can do, ways we can choose to make things better, to to learn, um, to teach ourselves better parenting skills. Now, there's mm-hmm. professional help out there, obviously, <laughs> right. like Dr. Sarver, but um, there are also some good reading materials and others, and we'll be happy to give some of those examples. But the other thing that I want to bring up that we were talking about during the break is that we sometimes learn really excellent parenting skills from observing stuff other people do around us. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we have a wonderful visiting couple, uh, psychologists who are here, the Ramies here in our state, who have done some pretty incredible research on early child development and early learning. And in one of their child cares that they set up when they were doing the research back many years ago, um, they did a lot of intensive teaching to the child care workers on how to manage child behavior. And um, one of the parents a few years later um, went to Dr. Ramey and said, you know, my child taught me something. And he said, what was that? And she said, my child taught me that I needed to be a more loving parent. And what had happened is the child had come into the home and mother had snapped at her about something. And she said her daughter looked up at her with her big brown eyes and said, Mommy, can you just try to be sweet like our teachers are sweet? And then maybe it'll be easier for me to mm-hmm. behave. What a message. Right, yeah. I, yeah. It tells me that just the way that the, just that little bit of change in how they interact was setting, you know, Susie <laughs> off uh, in a different way. In a it's different a, way. Mm-hmm. A, a, that example. Very dramatic. Yeah. Well, let's go back to the phones. We have Jacqueline from Jackson with a comment. Good morning, Jacqueline. Thanks for calling. Good morning. How are you? I'm calling to make a comment about what you just mentioned, teachers, and my mom was a teacher, and I felt like she cared more for her students than she did for us, and she would raise her voice at us at home. But one thing I'm talking about is what my daughter said to me, and I do believe she got it from her or our pastor at the time. I raised my voice at her, and she said, yes, Mom, I love you, too. I said, excuse me? (laughs) Yeah, I love you, too. And I said, okay. Mm -hmm." So speaking softly and carrying a bit stick, that's what I like to say that we need to do as parents and the research. As parents and being a substitute teacher for years, I was in the military, so I would teach because I wanted to be where she was, all right? And she never had a cell phone. She graduated from high school in 2008. All right. 
What? Yeah, she never had a cell phone. Uh-huh. I did not allow her because they used to take them in school. Oh, yeah. And now they allow them to keep them in the room. But she said to me, I love you too. And I said, hmm. And I just stopped. And I do believe she got it from our pastor. But uh, the research you mentioned earlier, we as parents don't read research when we, you know, before we have our children. We don't think to stop to say, how am I going to raise this child? It comes from what you said earlier, too, about what we learned from our parents or got from our parents. And I thank you so very much for doing this today. Well, Jacqueline, thanks for calling. And, you know, I think that uh, the old uh, adage about the cobbler's children have no shoes. (laughs) We often hear that, that uh, my, my children always teased me about, you know, me underplaying any illness they ever had. Uh, there I was, a pediatrician, and, and they felt like, you know, if if they said, Mama, it hurts when I move my wrist like that, I would turn and say something silly like, well, don't move your wrist like that, honey. Yeah, rub, and it was, <laughs> Rub some dirt on it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think sometimes um, that that does happen. But I bet your mother was practicing that on you. Maybe she felt like um, she needed to be a little bit firmer with you than the students because you you were her ultimate responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Well, thanks. Well, I ended up following in her footsteps and teaching too, but teaching because I was in the military. And I thank you so much. Well, Jacqueline, thanks for calling. Thank you, um, I just Have a great day. you too. I do want to make a comment on that daughter who um, said when mother yelled at her, I love you too, mama. What a great mm-hmm. way to diffuse something. That's a smart cookie, right? That's right, yeah. <laughs> so oftentimes we want to say, oh, I'll fight fire with fire. But yeah. you know what the best way to put out a fire is with water yeah. and just yeah. something cool and, and calm. Yeah. That was really great. All right. Well, let's go. We'll stay in the phones. We have Sue in Brooklyn, Mississippi, with a comment about a help book. Okay, Sue, what you got? Okay, I need you to talk a little bit louder if you have any comments. Okay. Uh, This is a a book, How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and How to Listen So Kids Will Talk. Uh, The edition I was familiar with and sent to... Uh, my daughter, when she had children, was uh, uh, published in August of 1991. But uh, the same authors have an edition that's published in 2012 by the same name, and there's and it's by the same authors. But uh, there are uh, some other. Uh, uh, publications with uh, similar names uh-huh. and it's even been translated into Chinese. Wow. Well, it sounds um, like an interesting book. Uh, it really I, is. I have not read that, and I don't think Dr. Sarver, he's... No. Uh, no. Um, who is the author, Sue? Do you, did you say? Uh, yeah, I've got it up here. Let me put my glasses on. So <laughs> <laughs> While you're doing that, let me just say this. I, I, it, the title itself speaks um, many words mm-hmm. to me, uh, because I, I do think that giving okay. good direction is important. Okay, so you've got that author? Yeah, it's Adele Faber, F-A-B-E-R, and Elaine 
Mazish, I guess. It's M-A-Z-I-S-H. Okay. Well, sounds like an interesting book, but um, let me make a comment about the title. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot to unpack there. There's just, a lot, isn't there? There is. How to, how to talk so kids will listen mm-hmm. and how to, to listen, listen so kids will talk. And let me, I'm going to take the first Go one and it. I'm going to give you the second one, Dr. Sarver. Perfect. So, um, when we when we give uh, when I talk to parents about giving good direction um, and and talking to kids, I think so many times parents forget a few things. One, you have to be on the developmental level of that child. Two, you need to give it in very clear, concise language. And then, if you're giving a command, you really need to make sure that you say it once clearly. And then if you have to give a command a second time, you move toward the child, you give them some sort of physical prompt to let them know that you expect them to move on your command. I think so many times parents go, stop that, stop that, stop that, and then scream, stop that now. And that's when they stop. And it's usually whenever mom is in the kitchen, right? And the right. kid is in the back room The still. back room still, <laughs> yeah. So why don't you address the how to How to listen, listen. when children talk, yes. So uh, children have just uh, a lot of things to say. And I think it's important that we hear them out because it, it teaches us things. Uh, I know that even listening to my uh, young nieces and nephews, has already taught me a lot of things, uh, even as a child trained child psychologist. Um, but I think of whenever we listen to kids, one is one thing is just to simply say what they say. I'm, I'm thinking more of your younger kids, right. not your older kids who would think that's really um, weird or, yeah. or um, uh, odd. But, uh, you know, with the younger kids, if they're just going to say that something is interesting, just repeat it back, just like a parrot. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're not going to, they're not going to think that it's anything weird. They're going to think you're paying attention to yeah. them. And when kids feel like you're, they're having attention paid to them, they're, it's gold to them, and they're going to start speaking more and more and more. Yeah, so you could you could even say something like, oh, so brontosauruses are um, uh, omnivores or right. whatever, right. herbivores. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, somebody's going to call in and correct me on that. Brontosauruses eat vegetables, I, right? I'm, I, you know, I, I don't think I remembered that in second grade. <laughs> but, but anyway, to just repeat what they just told you rather than trying to give them more knowledge or right. add to it sometimes right. is and, helpful. And, and you know, when I'm talking with parents, actually, there's a very quick little tip that sometimes parents forget is that when they re- reflect back, oftentimes we say it with our tone, asking it like a question. Mm-hmm. And kids hate questions. Mm-hmm. And so if we're our intention is to try to, you know, say back to them so they know we're listening, watch your tone, you know, so that you're not saying, oh, brontosauruses are, eat vegetables, you know, yeah. and, uh, and that changes, that right. can change the dynamic pretty quickly. So you're not making it into a test every exactly. single time. Exactly. Right. Okay. Well, Sue, thanks for your call and thanks for your book suggestion. That sounds like a really good book. Okay. Let's stay in the phones. Um, before our next break, we have Linda in Port Gibson. Good morning, Linda. Thanks for calling. Good morning. Tell us what your thoughts are today. Uh, Well, um, I'm glad I was brought up that um, when you go to someone else's house, you be respectful. Or if somebody came to your house, you you be respectful. Right. And 
you shouldn't, uh, I mean, who gives you the permission to go and take ornaments off somebody's tree or hit someone else's child, and then the parents say something to them, and, uh, you know, this is a every holiday thing. Yeah, yeah. It gets bad, and, you know. It, it can it can be very hard, Linda, right, um, especially when it's every holiday. And, and if I may, I think mm-hmm. Dr. Sarver had said something earlier about setting expectations mm-hmm. for the child before. Before you going in, before you even, really before, I'd say multiple times, before you leave your house, when you're in the oh, car, yeah. and then when you're on the front porch. <laughs> and then maybe if we're at a fourth time, you know, halfway as they're, do, catch them being good when they actually are following your directions yeah. in the middle of the of uh, whether it's the uh, recital or, or going to a friend's house, right? So even to lean over if mm-hmm. they've walked in the room and greeted the person properly, to lean over, whisper in their ear, and say, "Oh, I love the way you were so polite to mm-hmm. your your aunt Beth." You know that kind of thing is so very important because it's a quick reinforcer to wait until they've had an a two-hour good span is a really bad idea for almost anybody. Right. Maybe including me. Yeah. I always love reinforcers more often than that. No, so. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Uh huh. Yeah. Hello. So, um, I think we're. Maybe we. We've lost Linda. Um, Linda, feel free to call back if you need. We have Brian, who I want to get to before we take our next break. We have Brian in um, Butte, Mississippi. About you have a comment about spanking, Brian? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, I, I don't believe in spanking teenagers or or you know older children because it doesn't do any good when they're at that age. Um, to me, it's when the child is in a diaper. And you're training them, and you tell them, no, don't put your, your, your finger in the light socket. And they go, and they want to do it anyway. You don't beat them. You take your hand, you swap the diaper. You surprise them. And, and they, ah, they, you know, they freak out because they don't know what yeah. happened. That yeah. is what I consider spanking. Is then You only wind up having to do that two or three times in their life, and it's only when they're just a child. Yeah. Then they know when you say no. You mean no, and no means no. And so when they get to be an older child, when you say, don't do that, they're okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, um, certainly 100% agree with you about not spanking teenagers. I think that's terrible, dangerous Mm -hmm. ground to do. Now, um, doing any good. Yeah, no. And, 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 defiant, and all they want to do is fight you. Yeah, yeah. Now, on the, on the other end, um, since I'm not a, a, banker at all, never did. Um, a pop in the diaper, I think that's one thing, but think about now um, how you want to be careful about teaching aggression to younger children. I don't know, Dr. Yeah. Sarver, do you want to say a word or two about yeah. that? Yeah, well, I mean, as a per- as a person who, as a kid who was spanked, I definitely can have, I definitely have a little bit of expertise on this um, uh, side of things, but I, I don't know that whenever we're teaching kids uh, about that, there is an element of 
wanting to make sure that, uh, you know, again, as you had mentioned, teaching people on their developmental level right. and with a toddler or with a, especially a young, young kid, they may not know the reason why you're popping or, uh, kind of su- using even just as to surprise, you know, they may see it as, Oh, so, you know, uncle, uncle hit yeah, me, therefore can. I can't. I, I agree with you, yeah. but you can't reason with them because they're not old enough to be reasoned with. You know, so, because it's electricity and it's going to hurt you. Basically. Right. So what would you do differently, Dr. Sarver, than that? Because I hear what Brian's saying. Exactly. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're kind of thinking, well, what are my other options? Um, right. There are other options, of course. I, I, the idea of, of using the word no and maybe even using it loudly to startle or scare, that could absolutely be appropriate. If there is an immediate, And to pull them away, pull them, right? Pull them Turn away. them away mm-hmm. immediately. So yeah. you have to get up. Yep. And, you know, parenting is not easy. It's yeah. one of those things that takes energy. You can't sit down and parent. And so, I mean, I I know I hear what you're saying, Brian, but if we want to stay away from any kind of physical um, punishment at all, although I think um, picking them up and turning them away from it is is a physical move, but it's a little bit different. I always worry about um, toddlers hitting when they've been mm-hmm. popped like that. So, um, you know, and we certainly in the behavioral world do not teach spanking at all because um, how do you teach a person to spank the right way without hitting too hard well, so that's whatever. that's a problem yeah, yeah. spanking it to me has gotten a bad name because you have idiots that beat they don't spank yeah well and, and to me there's a difference in spanking and beating well we could probably have a whole show on this very <laughs> thing <pleased>. so <laughs> i think we need to move on to our final break thank you appreciate thanks it thanks for you, brian. calling brian we appreciate that um we still have some open lines, and we still have time for a caller. If you'll give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We're talking about making those holidays good with children and how to make the behaviors happen the way we want them and how to behave ourselves. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We'll be right back. DeShazo for Southern Remedy. We've spent over a decade building a vast database of information about Mississippi's health. You have access to all of it 24-7 at our website, southernremedy.org. There you'll find audio on demand of all of our daily radio programs and video on demand of all our television documentaries. It's your go-to website for health answers for all Mississippians. Interact with us today at southernremedy.org. Welcome back. It's good to have you all listening and participating. We're going to go on back to the phones today. We're talking about 
parenting during the holidays and how to make those holidays great. We have Jacob in uh, somewhere in Mississippi. Hi, Jacob. Thanks for calling in. Yes, how are you? Doing great. Tell Um, us what your thoughts are. Well, my kids are grown now, but um, I had 42 nieces and nephews and two sons and Wow. Uh, I had a little experience that my wife, my ex-wife, she took um, early childhood development, and she taught me something real early on. She told me basically what you have to do, study that child and find out what gets their attention. And each of my children, um, you know, there were certain things she did, and it got their attention to this very day. Um, my oldest son... If you struck him in the chest to get his attention, it just, I mean, you just got his attention, you know. Um, you know, kind of like stomp him in the chest, you know. And each child is different because we all got different fingerprints. So each of us have a different something that can get to, you know, get to the attention of the child. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Jacob, you, you, you have, I think you're... Um, your former wife had some really good thoughts. Um, And we were talking about Mm -hmm. that before the show, and that is every child's different. So Mm -hmm. your disciplining method, the way you approach one child may not work at all for another, right? Right. It's really important just to try the gamut of uh, strategies really until you find something that works. And I think that proves that as a parent, you're really um, doing doing your job. Yeah. Yeah. So to make sure that you know your child Mm -hmm. and you watch him and you try to reinforce the behaviors that you want. We, you know, I want to remind everybody that so often we tend to notice when somebody does something wrong. We do that to Mm -hmm. our spouse. We do that to our children. um, And we probably do that to our grandchildren. So to keep in mind, to reinforce what you want to reinforce. Dr. Sarver, um, thank you so much for being on the show again. Any parting words? Uh, You know, I just wish our, wish our listeners a wonderful time with their families and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to them. Absolutely. So today's show is engineered by Jay White, our call screener, Michelle McAdoo. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking and that you'll stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now, coming up next on MPB Think Radio. Everybody be safe out there in all your travels. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.